This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Episode 19. You do not get a biscuit. Peter and Adam sit and quarterback from the IT armchairs regarding Delta Airlines' data center fire. They also discuss that the Amazon Kindle Unlimited and Dash services are quite nifty. You said, uh-oh. Oh. No, I was joking about the big red button. Oh, big red button. <laughs> Hang up. All right. Oh, Hitting I meant start. to record. <laughs> All right. Hey, Adam, we should have a podcast today. That sounds like a great idea. I've got, I'm ready. You like how I, I seized <laughs> the proverbial bull by the proverbial horns there? <laughs> yeah. I've got a headset on. I'm on Skype. Why not? We should just podcast. Sounds like an option. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Oh, brother. <clears throat> what, do you, what do you want to podcast about today, Peter? Well, this week uh, there was a couple of things that were somewhat timely, but uh, the one that captured my attention was the uh, system outage experienced by Delta Airlines, which resulted in the complete grounding of their entire fleet. Well, that was cheap. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, if, if you didn't follow the news, you didn't hear it. Um, they uh, canceled something to the tune of, uh, what, uh, 1,600, 1,700, or almost like 2,000 flights over the course of a couple of days. And uh, allegedly, the, f um, the, the cause of this was a computer system failure. And that was expanded on by uh, certain media outlets to be blamed on a power failure. Mm -hmm. And then that's also, you found an article which uh, blamed that on a small fire in the data center. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, and I think rightfully so, are asking, well, if you know, even the smallest little business down the street can host their website with some cloud service provider... And uh, have you know take advantages of all these redundancies and things? Why can't Delta do the same? And um, I read an article on NPR, and they w said words to the tune of, "Well, it's not that simple. <laughs> uh, you know, Delta is subject to a lot of regulations, so they can't just put their stuff in a, you know, in, a, in some cloud provider systems." Um, okay. I I believe that. I also am pretty sure that they could deal with Microsoft or Amazon or Navio or any of the you know number of you know big data center providers and come up with something that would allow them to meet federal compliance guidelines and still take advantage of all these redundancies. And even if they couldn't they could have a hot spare site, you know, yeah. a hot site somewhere and have some redundancies there. Um, you don't need to just like throw all your stuff on Amazon. I mean, that, that's the way like everybody's doing these days because it's so affordable, even for smaller firms, you know, small mm -hmm. businesses. Uh, so that, that certainly is a, you know, if, if that's not an option, there are other ways 
to to do things so as to improve your operations mm-hmm. and have you know like for for small businesses you know you I know you carry uh, solutions that allow people to recover quickly and easily, but there are also plenty of solutions that allow you to not even skip a beat if something goes down. Like literally, you know, your primary data center blows up. You've got a secondary data center that is ready to take over in less than a second. Yeah, and um, you know, you would think that a company the size of Delta would have the resources to invest in something like this, but uh, I am led to believe that they just didn't feel like it. <laughs> well, and and I've got clients like you said that well, Amazon. I don't. I mean, I don't know as much about the Amazon. The only well, I've got clients in Amazon and I've got clients in Azure, but I know Microsoft is very interested in getting people in Azure and willing to work with companies uh, mm-hmm. because I've got a, a client that they were working with HCA, which HCA is not a little company from the Microsoft standpoint, and mm-hmm. they were willing to do an awful lot to accommodate HCA and getting yeah. them, you know, HIPAA secure. If it's HIPAA secure, it's got to be Delta secure. I, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, the, uh, the, the, um, the FAA may have separate regulations and things that they would be um, uh, subject to. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure they do. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, I'm not familiar with that. But um, yeah, I, I, who, who knows? I have a source, a, uh, an employee of Delta, and uh, she was an employee of um, Northwest prior to that, prior to uh, the merger between the two airlines. And according to her, Northwest at the time had a state-of-the-art, reliable, user-friendly system. Delta had an antiquated unreliable, difficult-to-use system, but uh, as the story goes, it would have cost more to uh, convert people over to the nice, newer Northwest system, so they decided to stay with the old, junky Delta system. And (laughs) if that is true, that would sort of corroborate the theories that they were just being cheap (laughs) and, uh, you know, didn't want to invest on technology and wanted to bury their heads in the sand and say, yeah, can't happen to me. You know, mm-hmm. um, I saw that the CEO of Delta came out and you know accepted responsibility for the the the, the failure and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, dude, you're the CEO, so ultimately you are responsible <laughs> for everything that happens in the company. Uh-huh. So big deal, you know. So uh, I hope that they uh, this is a wake up call to them because can't be cheap having your entire uh, fleet grounded for more than a day. Yeah. And, um, you know, especially the way airlines have been operating these days. So, yeah, lesson, uh, lesson learned, Delta? I hope yeah. so. Well, and I took a quick look. Uh, they were, it was 2008, April 5th, 15th, 2008. So mm-hmm. they, they could have done something in that period of time. <laughs> you think they had enough time to make some improvements? <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. They, like they could have even used the, the old Delta data center as a backup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Northwest Data Center and then Delta Data Center. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, combine <laughs> the two. Yeah. So who knows? I mean, you know, we are obviously we're armchair quarterbacking this. We yeah. It's, 
<laughs> exactly what's involved. I'm sure it is way more complicated than you know we're leading our listeners to believe in this conversation. That said, there's a reason that you know companies of this size have huge IT teams mm-hmm. and huge IT budgets so that they can you know pull off projects like this and not be susceptible to you know stupid failures of this nature. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, Delta, kind of, uh, you know, I'd say uh, no biscuit for you. Bad Delta. <laughs> Bad Delta. <laughs> but, you know, since, since, you know, their system is a very complex system, and it would be very difficult. We, like you said, we're armchair quarterback at this point. But our clients, who are smaller, I mean, I've got... I've got some clients that have upwards of 30 servers, but majority of my clients have one or two. Mm-hmm. It's it's a very worthwhile investment for them to have redundancy in cloud mm-hmm. servers like that. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very affordable. I, I don't want to. I think that on average, my virtual machines out there run about two between 200 and 300 dollars a month, and mm-hmm. then for 80 or 90 dollars, they'll replicate that over to another data center yeah yeah you know and and that's for a six hour that's that i actually just price i just quoted this out for a client because i needed to know this uh but a six hour failover so Mm -hmm. data center in south carolina goes down it it fails over to the nashville data center it could take up to six hours right and and that was for eighty dollars mm-hmm Per month, you know. Well, well, we priced out, we spec'd out a um, uh, and built a web infrastructure for a new startup that we've been working with for a few months now, and we built the entire thing on Amazon Web Services, mm-hmm. and it is redundant um, across uh, multiple multiple zones. You know, it's uh, spread out through the entire United States. And including redundant database servers, redundant web servers, and uh, load balancers, denial of service protection, all the bells and whistles, uh, it came out all told to around $300 a month. Yeah. And now, you know, that doesn't count our labor to maintain the systems, you know, and things to to set it up and stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, still, you know, that's... Uh, for for the amount of power and reliability you're getting it, to 10 bucks a day yeah. are you kidding me you know it's like absolutely you want to do something like this so anyway i i repeat delta bad delta no biscuit <laughs> have you set up a vpn tunnel between uh amazon and a client's office uh no but we have one from our office into Amazon. Okay. We use the Sophos uh, products, as you've mentioned before on the podcast, Mm -hmm. and they have excellent uh, Amazon integration. So if you're using their UTM firewalls, Mm -hmm. it's a very simple procedure to uh, set up a VPN connection into the Amazon uh, private cloud. Okay. Well, setting up the VPN with with my sonic wall <laughs> was was a big pain in the rear and uh it wasn't You're still using those huh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I know better but <laughs> <laughs> let me guess let me guess they're so cheap <laughs> they're so cheap <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but 
but the uh, it it actually was a the sonic wall that was the difficult part. It was very difficult to set up the VPN in Amazon uh, mm-hmm. because the way that the tunnel was built. But at the end of the day, it was a very redundant system because I got notification this week. Amazon said, "Oh, he- FYI, we're going to be taking down this VPN uh, leg of your tunnel." I'm like, oh no! I mean, my client—they're connected to that server all day long. Uh, they're not going to have access to it. And then I started digging in. I was like, oh, there's two legs to this VPN, so mm-hmm. it's okay that I lost this one because the yes. other one will take over. I was like, good job, Amazon. Redundancy, <laughs> very good. Redundancy. Good job, Amazon. <laughs> Biscuit. Biscuit. You get a biscuit. You get a biscuit. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what we'll call this podcast. Who gets a biscuit and who does not? I imagine that um, the CIO, the CEO, CTO's offices at uh, Delta are probably getting bombarded by uh, cloud vendors at this point. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're probably also calling frantically around to all these other vendors too. Like, Help! What do we do? So, yeah. Yeah. I don't envy that position. But think about that. I mean, if you own a small business... And uh, or even if you just work in a small business, or even if you if you work in a large business where they haven't <laughs> taken you know proper steps to safeguard your data, uh, think about what's going to happen. How would you feel if uh, you know how's your business going to fare if your entire operation is grounded for a day? Mm-hmm. You know you cannot ship any product. You can't uh, effectively you can't take customer calls. You know you can't deliver any of the services that you're supposed to be doing. Just one day, um, it's probably not catastrophic for most businesses, but it's noticeable. Yeah. And yeah. it also doesn't look very good. You know, yeah. right now, Delta doesn't have a very good reputation. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Did we, uh, we beat this one uh, to, to death? Or do I, we have anything else to say on that? I don't, I don't think so. All right. Delta crashes and burns in a fire <laughs> in the data center. In the data center. So small. So small. So, what else we have? Let's 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 talk about something nicer. What what else do we have that might be kind of nifty to discuss? Okay. So, so this week I've got a nifty um it is the Amazon Kindle unlimited service. Uh, (laughs) well, I I love Amazon as well. And, and I read a lot of books and I am, I'm not a, uh, casual reader, meaning I read three or four pages today and read three or four pages tomorrow. And by the end of this quarter, I'll have read a book. I just, (laughs) not a professional reader. I like, I, I guess you could call it, I devour a book. My wife says, you don't read a book. You just get to the end i'm like well no it's like once i get started i'm i'm in it so so the kindle unlimited amazon kindle unlimited helps me do this in that uh i think it's ten dollars oh i hate that it's either 10 or 16 dollars a month i pay for that membership uh, i think it's only 10 because i've got a audible subscription the audible 16 and then the kindle or the unlimited is 10 mm-hmm. and I have a unlimited, it's like 2 million or 4 million books 
that are a part of Unlimited, and I can read as many books as I want. Well, no, no, that sounds that doesn't sound like enough. That doesn't sound like enough. Well, so I really like the ability to read whatever I want. There's business books in there, you know. Some of the uh, like the Harry Potter, the brand new Harry Potter book, it's not in there. I'm gonna have to pay for that, but that's okay. There's tons of tons of content. Well, and the other thing that's a big deal to me, there are like two million books that are already in Audible. And they have WhisperSync activated as a Kindle Unlimited membership. So that means I pick up my Kindle, go to you know, going to bed, I read on my Kindle, I get done with it, done for the night, I shut off my Kindle, I go to bed, I get up in the morning, I get in my truck, and I turn, you know, open up Audible on my phone, and it says it sometimes I have to sync it, but Almost every time it pops up and says, you were reading at 9.53 last night of book whatever. Would you like to go to the furthest page read? Yes. Yes, yes I would. And, and then I start listening to my book on the way to work or on the way to a client's office. And then, you know, the process just continues. I, you know, as I get out of, out of the truck, when I come home in the evening, having listened to it here and there and all day long, uh, my book is ready there. It says sync to the furthest page. You are at page, you you know, whatever page you're on. And it takes me there. Mm-hmm. And I can, if I am, uh, it depends on how much driving I have to do. Uh, I may go through two books a week. <laughs> and So you're doing the, you do the audible version though, you're saying? No, no, I, I read both. No. Oh, okay. So, oh, so if you're driving, it lowers your... See, for me, it's the opposite. If I'm driving, my book count goes up. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, my, my first choice is always Audible whenever I can. Mm-hmm. It, uh, and, and I don't necessarily mean that I use audible.com, mm-hmm. which is also an Amazon uh, company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I prefer audiobooks over um, regular because I am a very slow reader. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was faster. I've taken speed reading, uh, you know, speed reading courses and things, and so, and it just doesn't work for me as well. And it, it especially doesn't work for me as well um, on a uh, uh, like an iPad, which is a touch screen, mm-hmm. because when I speed read, I use my fingers. Ah. And when you do, you know, touch screen with your fingers, you're scrolling left and right and <laughs> up and down and stuff all the time. So that that doesn't work so well for me. <laughs> yeah. So I get, um, yeah, I listen to it on Audible when in the truck, and then I read it when I'm when I'm at uh, at home or when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm not in my vehicle that I'm reading because mm-hmm. I read a lot faster than mm-hmm. I do listen. Mm-hmm. So. Although one thing, I only have one gripe, mm. and that is it does not learn what type of books I want to read on my Kindle. Like mm. it does on the website, it recognizes that you read this, and based on your interest, you probably want to read this. On my Kindle, it shows Harlequin romance novels every time <laughs> as now, the cover. Did you like, ever buy or read a harlequin harlequin romance novel i have never read a harlequin romance novel did you browse one in an effort to buy a gift for your wife um 
No. No, because hmm. she doesn't read them either. Okay, good for her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I'm told. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I, I, what I think is, I, I think that the market, I don't know what the market share is, but I, I'm guessing that the market share, the largest reader of books for Kindle Unlimited must be women. Because <laughs> they're, they're like throwing that out there. Because I, actually I did a search because I wanted to see how many books there were. And uh, popular romance shows right up at the top. <laughs> like, okay, really? Yeah, that's me, the dude with the tattoo and the abs. <laughs> but yeah, so, so there's 18,000 books in Audible with narration. So mm-hmm. have a good... And I found a lot of books that way that I would never have read otherwise. Um I don't know if you have you seen the Wayward Pines. Uh, no. Uh, well, they made it into they made it into a mini series or not not mini series that doesn't exist anymore. But they made it into a series, and I want to say it's on USA. But it I found it on Audible, and it was really good. And it was actually I was reading it, and I uh, I started. I was like, man, I've read this book before. I'm not gonna finish it. I mean, because, like, this is every story I've ever read. I mean, I'm like, I get it, I get it, I know how it's going to end. And I I kept going. I don't know why I kept going, but I kept going. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is really good. (laughs) (laughs) This is not what I thought. (laughs) So... So if you, uh, if the Wayward Pines, it's in Audible, so you could you could listen to it. Wayward Pines in Audible, making a note. All, All right. right. <laughs> but yeah, I would re- I would highly recommend Kindle Unlimited. Oh, and we got it for my wife's dad. So got it for my father-in-law, and he's I don't know 72, and he could mm-hmm. even figure it out. So it's it's user friendly. Excellent. So if you're a reader. And especially if you already have an Amazon account and an Amazon Kindle, then we recommend Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, yeah. All right. I I, I do not use it, but you've described it enough that I will give it a thumbs up as well. <laughs> well very cool. So while we're on the the subject, um, let me I'll I'll throw in a mini nifty real quick. Okay. Uh, not too long ago, uh, Amazon introduced the dash button. Mm-hmm. And this is one of their little uh, ventures that you could call it an Internet of Things thing. Uh, it is a uh, a little button. It's a couple inches uh, by about a, about an inch long. It looks kind of like a large uh, a pill. You know, it's like a large uh-huh. pill shaped thing. And it's very simple. It has one function and one function only. You click the button on that, and magically, within the next couple of days product appears at your doorstep oh my i've never even heard of this you've never heard of the dash button no and i live amazon goodness well let's let me tell you how this works (laughs) so so what it is is it connects to your home wi-fi network so you you buy this dash button it costs you four dollars and 99 cents the dash button comes it arrives you open up your smartphone and you use that to configure your dash button and the only configuration is you connect it to your wi-fi network Mm -hmm. you then choose which products you want to order with this dash button and your shipping method 
And there are separate dash buttons for each vendor or manufacturer. So for instance, I'm looking now and um, all new dash buttons they've just added are Quilted Northern uh, Puffs, Pepperidge Farms, Goldfish, and Dial Soap. Mm-hmm. Now each one of those, oh, Cliff Bars, uh, Nerf. Nerf has a dash button. So let's go in and look at that. So you look at the Nerf dash button. It costs 5 bucks, four ninety nine. And out of that, you can order certain products, and you get to choose which product you want. So uh, there's a Mega Dart Refill set. There's a 25-round, uh, uh, looks like Nerf Ping Pong Balls, <laughs> uh, Nerf Elite Dart Refills, or a Mega Dart Pack. So those are all things that you can order with your Nerf Amazon Dash button. Other things. Let's go real quick. Let's go to uh, Goldfish. I haven't had Pepperidge Farm Goldfish in a long time. So let's see what. Click on that. (laughs) You don't have kids. (laughs) I love Goldfish. Yeah. So you get to choose. There's my favorite, which is the um, the giant pack of uh, Goldfish crackers. Uh huh. Uh, Thirty ounce uh, pack of six. Um, There's the original bags. The little you know a pack of twenty four of the six point six ounce bags. (laughs) Um, there's a pack of 48 two ounce packs of, you know, these goldfish. So you can choose all these different goldfish thing. And so essentially what you have is the goldfish button. And I prefer this over the, another feature that they have, which is their subscribe and save Mm -hmm. because what invariably what happens is with, with subscribe and save, that's another, it's a subscription as the name implies. You set up something and on a schedule that you pick, you receive product. Problem is I always either run out or I have too much. Mm-hmm. I'm never able to dial it in perfectly. So with the dash button, this little $5 button, uh, when you need something, you push the button and I have it set. So two days later, product appears. And uh, it's great. I love it. And the nice thing is on your first order, you get a $4.99 credit. So the button actually becomes free. Yeah, I just read that. Yeah. So it's slick. And they've got it for many, many products. Not all of them. Not everything that I'm ordering on a regular basis. But they're adding more and more all the time. And it's it's really cool. So some people you know, were wondering, like, well, why? Why do you need that? And... And um, it's a little bit of laziness. Uh, here, okay, here's one. Um, Trojan condoms. I, <laughs> you saw that. Huh? I saw that one. <laughs> yep. Um, Burt's Bees. Uh, cat food. Dog food. Oh, and of course, Play-Doh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you Play-Doh. Order, yeah, you can order Play-Doh. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Now, uh so so uh, some people ask, like, why do you need that? Why, why is it so hard? You just, you know, pull out the phone and go to the computer and, you know, or place the order or whatnot. It, there's a real handiness, like, in my pantry, you know, where I keep um, my tissues, my toilet paper, and my paper towels. I keep them all in one place, and I keep them with the cleaning supplies. Mm-hmm. I now have three or four dash buttons scattered around the house. So I have those three dash buttons in the uh, in the cupboard where I keep all the paper supplies. I have a laundry detergent dash button uh, stuck to the side of my uh, clothes washer, mm-hmm. and I have a dishwasher detergent uh, uh, dash button under the sink where I keep my dish detergent. 
So when I realize that one of those, any one of those is getting low, it's like at that moment when I realize I I need this, I click the button. Yeah. And that's it. It's and done. Then a couple of days, boom, I get stuff. Um, they have a fail-safe programmed into it. You can push the button multiple times, but it will only ship product again once you've received the first order. Oh, okay. So you don't have to worry about people, you know, the kid grabbing it and clicking, 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 and clicking, and have <laughs> yeah. 50 pounds of goldfish showing up the next day. Or if you uh, got a buddy who's a trickster. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you never know, too, and that's the thing is, you know, these things could be hackable. Uh, they didn't. I didn't hear anybody talk about them at uh, DefCon, uh, you know, different hacks and stuff at the big hacker conference this week. But um, you know, there, there, there's who knows. There's a there's a risk, but I determined that this was an acceptable risk. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, that's how I use it. But um, my father was also a great use case because um, you know he has to care for my mom, and every now and then he needs to order some medical supplies that are available on Amazon. Well. You know, to you and me, logging into Amazon, finding the product, clicking submit, shipping, you know, whatever, I've got it all pretty much dialed in. For him, it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. You know, using a computer is not as easy for him as it is for me. So, um, you know, he got himself like locked out of his Amazon account because he didn't remember the password. And he also didn't remember that I had set him up with LastPass to remember the password for him. <laughs> so, you know, I logged in just to his system remotely to see what was going on. And I'm like, uh, okay. So I clicked the little, you know, password thing and boom, there he's in. And I, uh, so I got him a dash button and he hasn't had to use it yet. But for him, the next time he says, you know, oh, look, we're running low on these. Click. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Two days later, stuff appears. Uh-huh. Wonderful. So you do. Um, it did seem like the, the the prices were a little bit higher. They're definitely a little higher than if you do a subscribe and save, because when you do subscribe and save, you get the discount. Mm-hmm. But the convenience is so much better. And again, not having to deal with the hassle of running out if the schedule is wrong or overstocking if the schedule is wrong. Um, I like it. I find the convenience is is worth it, and it's a it's a nifty little product. So yeah, yeah. Just another reason that I'm buying more Amazon stock today. <laughs> well, I'd never heard of it till you just brought it up, and I have uh, sent it link to a friend of ours who is uh, a doctor. Actually, the husband and wife are both doctors, so they're always gone. You know. They're always gone, and she lives on Amazon already. So if mm. she doesn't know about this, I have a feeling there will be like three or four at her house by Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Highly recommended, mm-hmm. the Amazon Dash button. Very cool. Yeah, so there you go. And I think that sums up uh, the nifties that I have for the day. I think I think that's it for me as well. Cool. Well, we should do this again sometime. Yes, sir. Next week. (laughs) How about? Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, Peter. (laughs) Big red button. Big red button. Oh, I don't even have to because... To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.